Well, hey there, Scouting Staff listeners. This week, unfortunately, I'm going to go with an encore episode. I just have not been able to get together with Colin or Brian or anyone to record um, you know, new content. Surprisingly, having a baby and you know, just the, the normal tenor of vacations and um, I know Brian was just actually Brian went to the National Jamboree. That's what I was hoping to talk to him about. But, you know, between so just camps and vacations and, you know, we have a new baby at home. Um, it's been busier than I'd maybe like. And I haven't had a chance to record busier than I'd maybe like. And I haven't had a chance to record new content. And I apologize for that. But because the new scouting season is almost upon us, I thought I would then dip back into the archives of old episodes and pull out uh, episode 8. This is an episode we did, gosh, probably around two years ago. Uh, maybe a little longer. I'd have to double check. It's on the subject of leaders. Uh, specifically, building a good leadership team, having good communication between your scouters. It's something that's been on my mind lately as I'm looking to, you know, put together my new crews of scouters for both beavers and cubs. And so, you know, I'm going to definitely give it a re-listen. I hope you will too, because I think that, you know, the the effectiveness of your scout group will depend a lot on the rapport between your scouters and how well they work together as a team. And that starts with good communication. So, welcome back to another episode of Scouting Stuff You Should Know, and uh, my apologies here. We uh, should have had this out last week, but didn't. Um, kind of through a confluence of things, both involving scheduling and the fact that I got kind of sick and then lost my voice and could really only speak in gravelly undertones. That would have made for an interesting podcast, don't you think? Kind of this I, rich underlined baritone. I suppose, yeah. Actually, the I, I did force myself to go through some recording for the other podcast, and yes, after post processing, nice deep rumbling bass. Yes. Our listenership might go up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, I still don't have hard stats on what our listenership is, but I did notice something interesting. So. We use a service called Podbean to um, to host the podcast, and um, they're one of several different podcast hosting services. Um, LibSYN is probably the most well-known, but Podbean, uh, they seem to have a pretty effective service and fairly competitive, um, and some of the other podcasts that I listen to are hosted through them, so, you know, go with it. Um, but I noticed because I periodically check these things, that um, under the... Uh, so if you go to Podbean, of course, you can browse uh, the different categories. And of course, the categories of that podcasts fall into largely just follow um, the template that Apple has set out. And, and Podbean's no different in this respect. You can go to their website and browse um, the, the, the top-level categories that you would find just as readily on iTunes. And uh, so our podcast is under government and organizations, uh, actually, which is where, you know, you would slot 
uh, a scouting podcast, being that it is an organization. Mm-hmm. But I did happen to notice that uh, there, under the Featured Podcasts section, was my uh, little Photoshop job of the scouting logo. So scouting stuff you should know was actually listed as a featured podcast. And actually, for what it's worth, we were also on the uh, popular podcasts list that also appears on that page. So I know people are listening to us. um, And in particular, the featured podcast thing is neat because the way it works is um, it's a curated list. So I actually found the FAQ on Podbean's website that explains this, but it's actually a curated list. So the only way you get on there is, uh, A, someone has to actually recommend you, okay? Or, or someone or some multiple persons have to recommend you. And then, of course, Podbean has to <clears throat> take a look and say, yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, these guys, yeah, okay, we'll feature them. So two-stage process at least, um... And of course, evidently we passed it. So whoever or whom, whomever, if there are multiple of you uh, who recommended us for that, uh, thank you. Yes. That's really awesome. Hooray for us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take that as evidence that we're doing something half all right. <laughs> we're making it happen, whatever it is. <laughs> so, um, yes, that is that is a thing that happened and uh very very happy about that thank you mm-hmm. and um just before we get into the uh sh- topic tonight i want to give a shout out to kelly bruce who sent us a message via facebook um i think he also tried to send it by email but evidently that fell apart so anyways he says uh i'm an avid scouter uh i came up from Weebelows in pack uh, 3130, I got my Arrow of Light in 2000. I moved to Troop 133. Oh, it's good of that to kick on. We'll see what the noise reduction does. Uh, <clears throat> moved to Troop 133. He got, he got his Eagle in 2008. Uh, you know, now he's back with another troop as an assistant Scoutmaster. Uh, he says, working with his older brother, the Scoutmaster, uh, an Eagle out of the same troop says, I love your podcast. It is great to listen to while I'm at work or unwinding after a long day. I'm reminded of experiences I had as a boy, and it is fun to look at the differences between Scouts Canada and BSA. I do have a question, he writes, uh, about Cub cars. Would they be the same as Pinewood Derby cars in BSA? Uh, I look forward to hearing your next podcast. If you ever need a different point of view on scouting in America uh, or in the heartland, just ask. Your friend in scouting, Kelly Bruce. First off, Kelly, shout out to you and thank you for the note. Um, Kelly and I actually did talk a little bit on Facebook, and my initial plan was to craft this entire episode as a uh, a response to him because, yeah, there actually is a lot of overlap between uh, the Cub Cars, which we've alluded to uh, previously, and Pinewood Derby, which is, you know, uh, what BSA does. Uh, and actually, I was quizzing my so uh, I was quizzing my beavers on this ah. um, because well, okay, we'll do like a, a short version. But in, I'm, <laughs> if we can get Brian on the program again, uh, I couldn't uh, arrange for him to join us tonight, unfortunately. 
Um, but the next time we get him on, we will definitely do like a, a more involved compare and contrast between uh, Cub Car and Pinewood Derby because I'm sure there's a lot of similarities, um, but there's probably some differences that'll crop up as well. Um, just, you know, that seems to be the tenor of things between Scouts Canada and BSA. But uh, anyways, a <clears throat> little bit of a spoiler. So at the beaver level, so for the five to seven-year-olds, um, we do a variant uh, called beaver buggies. And I mean, these are these are much more simply constructed cars. They're also lighter. Uh, I mean, I noticed I had to leave three lengths out mm -hmm. of the, uh, the troop track. Uh, whereas, you know, the full length is... I think what we run for cub cars. Yeah. Um, and then there's the extra length for the scout trucks. But <laughs> um, but anyways, so I was running beaver buggies uh, with my two beaver groups um, just this last week, actually. And we did... Uh, I ran both evenings the same way. So... We had, you know, we did a couple of races, got all the kids through a couple of times, and then we took a little pit stop. Um, because, of course, you know, I mean, let's face it, like, this is a small car put together by a five or six or seven-year-old child. Uh, and it's light anyways. So, uh, I mean, some of them were making it to the end of the track, no problem, and that was fine. But there were, you know, more than a few cars that were stalling out in the middle of the track because... The wheels are out of whack, or, you know, like, something's just not right with the car. So, did a couple of rounds of races, and then did a pit stop, so that, you know, the kids whose cars hadn't been reaching the finish line um, could... Be modified. Yeah, could could <laughs> jump up, and then the leaders could take a look at them and try and get them running better. Um, but in the meantime, of course, you know, I'm quizzing the Beavers on, okay, so, do you think the Cubs uh, do some sort of slot car racing? Well, yes, yes, they do. Uh, what are those called? Do you think the Scouts do some sort of slot car racing? Yes. What do the Scouts race? Because it's not cars. Um, and then, of course, finally, I threw out a question. It's just like, so do you think Scouts in another country, like, say, the United States, do this as well? And, uh, of course, the answer is yes. It's like, okay, well, what do they call that? And, of course, they weren't sure. So, well, they call it the Pinewood Derby. And then, of course, we had to walk through, you know, why would they call it the Pinewood Derby? Where does wood come from? You know, yeah. what are some kinds of trees that we know? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, just working with... But it was an interesting, you know... I mean, it was an opportunity to share a little bit of, you know, <clears throat> something. You know, a little bit of, hey, this is, you know... You're not just doing this in isolation, right? Like, there are... There are different groups yeah, from there are, different places <clears throat> that do the same, but slightly different. Yep. <clears throat> and actually, that's why I'm looking forward, too, to yes. taking them to the... Uh, well, I mean, that's why I'm looking forward to, you know, doing the Pinewood Derby episode when we get around to it. But also, um, this reminds me, on my way home, I have to pick up some cash because I have to pay the registration fee for the area oh, race. Yes. Yes. Uh, I actually have a larger group going this year, so that'll be nice. Mm -hmm. um, I took, I think, three of our beavers last year. Yeah. And, um, I mean, it was... <laughs> for the three that went, it was just blinking awesome because we did it in this high school um, just outside of town. And the high school has, uh, like, a really strong sports focus. So they have two gyms. So there was one whole gym, and it was just a sea of gray. It was all cub car racing, right? Mm -hmm. And then the other gym was for, there were two or three tracks for the beaver buggies, and then the rest for the scouts. Mm -hmm. So, um, but just a really great opportunity to, you know, get out and see, like, oh, wow, hey, like, there's a lot of kids here. There's a lot of 
groups that do this. Um, it's another a, good linking activity where you can see other groups in action or other sections in action. And yeah, both. What they do and how they operate. Yep. And I mean, it's just a whole day of racing, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, you know, it's not like you get to just keep sending your car down one after the other, right? Like, I mean, there's hundreds of beavers there. So, you know, you're only, you're not necessarily getting a complete set of races, but, um, you know, the kids I took, I mean, they got to send their cars down the track a good half a dozen times throughout the course of the day. Lunch was provided. I mean, it was just, you know, it was a good thing. I actually was able to partake in one of the, those events as a volunteer. So, um, in seeing it, uh, firsthand, it's, it's quite an impressive, uh, in, impressive scene to see, uh, all the tracks and all the, all the races going on and the excitement. It's, uh, it's a pretty unique experience. All right. So in lieu of the Pinewood Derby slash Cub Car comparison episode, um, on my way over, um, because we're actually recording at Collins today, on my way over, I was listening to um, <clears throat> podcasts because I find that, you know, I do much better uh, driving, staying attentive uh, if I'm not listening to music. The, the podcast, you know, <clears throat> has kind of become my listen whenever I'm in the vehicle. And one of the ones that came up was um, the BSA Scoutcast, their, uh, <clears throat> their latest episode. Now that was talking about the uh, the Scoutmasters Minute, which is you know kind of a uh, it's not necessarily a tradition that we have one hundred percent adapted for use here, but it you know the idea is that it's basically a uh, a short little reflection that takes place at the end of each uh, scout meeting or scouting event, um, <clears throat> where the scoutmaster or sometimes not even the scoutmaster like sometimes you know it could be someone else who's been uh, agreed upon to be the presenter presents, um, like I say, just a little reflection or an inspirational message um, that the uh, that the scouts can take home with them, right? But, <clears throat> you know, for whatever reason, um, well, actually, because they kind of discussed it at the start of the podcast, too, uh, but for whatever reason, you know, my thoughts really got onto this idea of um, not so much, you know, at, ending a meeting or an event with an inspirational reflection, but just on the importance of having your, um, of, of good communication between the leaders of a section. Um, and I know this is something that we've kind of brought up a couple of times before, but it's something I wanted to focus on a little more specifically. Um, Really because, I mean, okay, we took a Christmas break, uh, as I'm sure most scout groups do. So there was a a gap of about three weeks from like, you know, sort of mid-late December until early January where we didn't have meetings. And uh, our first meeting back, I wasn't there for. I actually had to, uh, that Monday, I actually had to drive down to Calgary in the afternoon, so it's about a three-hour drive, um, because I had a meeting in Calgary the next morning, and, you know, I mean, company policy and also sanity dictate that I probably shouldn't haul my butt out of bed at three to drive three hours down um, Highway 2 in Alberta, which is widely regarded as one of the more treacherous highways in the province. Um, 
So, you know, I went down Monday afternoon, um, which meant I missed the beaver meeting. And it was really great that I was able to do that in the full confidence that, you know, the rest of the leadership team had the meeting and were able to pull it off. Um, and by and large, this was realized because, you know, right at the start of the year, I set everybody up, and I think I've talked about Quip a couple of times. If not, um, I set everybody up on a service called Quip. It's basically a really lightweight office suite. So you've got uh, documents and spreadsheets, but then it also has this collaboration layer. So you can, you know, um, invite other people to become users. And if they do, then they have access to, you know, the documents and folders that you share with them. They have the ability to edit them. And actually, it's really, really hilarious watching the editing happen sometimes because I'll be like and tapping what? out a paragraph and one of my other leaders will pop in and start writing out his or her own little contribution to the meeting. And literally, like, I'm editing my paragraph and above or below where, you know, where they're putting their text in we see each other's edits happening in effectively real time. So it actually can kind of get really, really um, mind-blowing, you know? It's just like, hey, there's two of us writing yeah. this document and we're seeing it happen. But that's, uh, that's one of the reasons I've found uh, the platform to be so powerful. And then if you have a group that you've shared content with, there's also a chat channel that opens up. So that, you know, in addition to the fact that you can um, collaboratively prepare and edit documents or like I maintain spreadsheets of, you know, all of my members and what lodges they're in and things like that. Um, there's also now this discussion channel. And the nice thing about Quip is it started out as a service for mobile devices, um, although now there is a desktop client as well that works really, really well. Um, <coughs> but uh, so, you know. We all have it on our PCs, but those of us who have tablets, and I mean, most of us have smartphones, um, so we have, you know, like multiple methods of um, sharing information. To the point, actually, even here's another example. At not this last, me uh, not the, not this last meeting where we were racing the beaver buggies, but the meeting the week prior. Um, where we were doing, the main focus was constructing beaver buggies. I wasn't able to uh, lead the Tuesday night section, which, I mean, I usually actually try not to now. You know, I, I much prefer uh, the other scouter to take care of it. But <coughs> um, I did have all the materials for building the beaver buggies, so I had to swing by and drop that off with them. And it was pointed out that, you know, oh, we still have, we had a, a leader actually that needed to be invested. And I had written up the, the leadership uh, investiture um, text that, that we use. I really just actually adapted the Rover Scout yeah. investiture yeah. minus Winches. the Buffett. Yeah. <clears throat> Buffett. Yeah, because I, you know, don't want, you know, <laughs> Mr. Uh, I, I don't want, you know, people who are fairly new to scouting to, I mean, the Buffett is a neat part of the Rover Scout investor tradition, 
But when I have a parent here who's maybe it's like his first year of exposure to scouting and he has graciously stepped up to volunteer as a leader, um, <clears throat> when I'm giving him his scarf, I don't want to be giving him a shot in the arm. Yeah, it's know. a thought that uh, I yeah. have. <laughs> look at look at you being thoughtful. Mm. Uh, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> I I probably wouldn't have done the same thing either. <laughs> but or I would mean, have done the same thing. Yeah, yeah that's what I meant. <laughs> but you know, I mean, there is a lot of uh, the Rover Investiture ceremony is otherwise a very great ceremony, and so you know, uh, I've adapted most of it for uh, for use for investing my leaders. Um, but of course that was in another folder in Quip that I hadn't shared with, um, the other leaders because I'd always been the one investing. Well, that wasn't going to be the case tonight. <coughs> so it was just a quick case, pulled out my phone, grabbed the document quickly, you know, share, tap, tap, tap all the leaders that are there tonight. They all get a copy of it and then they can pick up and run with it even after I, uh, step out the door again. Um, so just, you know, very, very. Uh, effective way to share knowledge, share the documents, but also to collaborate, right? Because we're constantly in the uh, the chat feature of Quip, um, not while we're at meetings, but, you know, for the rest of the week, uh, bouncing ideas off of each other. And that was certainly the case in the run-up to the first meeting in January, the one that I missed, because... Um, and that was the build-your-own beaver buggy. Thing, right? <coughs> no, the beaver buggies came later. What they wound up doing was basically making... Um, Sun butter and like seed mix bird feeders. Oh, okay. Um, but again, this was all yeah, yeah. It was stuff that had been pre-discussed and exactly. Like we've been talking about it for a couple of weeks. Basically, like just after Christmas, we kind of started messaging back and forth. Like, okay, so what do we want to do? Um, put together a few ideas, <laughs> and then like drew up a plan, and they ran with it, and it worked actually really effectively. So, um, but just. It's, um, the point I think is, you know, for that, I think the point for me too, is that, you know, like this was, um, the first time in a while where not only have I had to step away, but where I've, you know, <clears throat> stepped away and it's been the furthest thing from my mind that, you know, it's like, I hope it goes well tonight. It's like, no, I just, I, it's going to go well. I, I have complete confidence in that. And that was really, really great. Um, and I think it really did come down to the fact that, you know, we had set up and had really gotten into utilizing this very effective means of communication. My thought process for, for this is as a leader or a leader in charge, uh, you should be able to miss the meeting and not feel like it's going to fall flat yeah. because you're not there. Um, it's part of the whole succession planning too, right? Like you need to make sure that there's somebody or a, a method or a group of people that can take your plan, take how you execute it and say, okay, well, you know, uh, Ken's not going to be there this week, so let's let's what what's on tap? Okay, this you know we're we're building beaver buggies or we're building bird feeders or whatever and mm -hmm. list of materials and go. Yep, and I mean to to clarify, you know, I'm not saying okay, well everybody go out and like 
sign up for a Quip account and download it right now. I mean, there if you are wind other up, tools yeah. in the arsenal that that mm-hmm. someone could use. It doesn't have to be Quip. Yeah, I mean, if you wind up using it, great. I mean, I'm fortunate, you know, that he owns sh- uh, stocks in uh, Quip. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> no, I don't. But <laughs> I don't even know if they're publicly traded. But anyways, um, you know. The point, like, that's the tech that we've latched onto. And, I mean, it's a combination of, you know, the fact that I have an overall fairly young leadership team. We've all got devices that this runs on. Um, and so, you know, it just, it turned out to, and I was already using it, so it was mostly just me introducing them. But, you know, it, it turned out to be, you know, something that all of us could really effectively access um, and just run with. And... That, too, is, is another point that I, I want to make here is that, you know, it, it, this particular technology, Quip, works for us. If it works for you, great. But the point is, find that method. You know, your leaders, your leadership team is going to be a particular mix of personalities, of, um, of competencies. And so, however you go about setting up a means of effectively communicating with each other outside of, you know, the weekly meetings, um, you know, the point is that it has to be something that works well for all of you, that all of you will actually contribute to. If it it means having an hour-long meeting at somebody's house, yep, but you're all on side with it, those work well, like, or like a monthly planning meeting where you mm-hmm. where you sit down for an hour and you hammer out the the next month's uh, the next month's meetings. That works. Yep, I've used that method before. Yep, we still use that method actually as well. We'll sit down about every two or three months. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the last time we sat down, we planned things out as far as the end of February, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it just. Finding something that lets you uh, collaborate effectively with other leaders, that lets you communicate with them on, you know, within a relatively short window. Um, I mean, and if that, you know what, if that means picking up the phone and calling people, then that means picking up the phone and calling people. But it's... um, because that's a thing that I have to do. You know, that's a thing that's come up sometimes too. I mean, sometimes the guy who leads the Tuesday section has to uh, get a hold of me and say, you know what, I don't think I can make it tonight. All right, fine. I got to rearrange my evening, but we'll make it work, right? Um, and I mean, sometimes my wife has had a shift that evening, and so that's meant that <coughs> my kids get beavers twice in a week. But, um, you know, again, we have these... Uh, you know, we have these communication channels and we use them and that does allow us to very effectively uh, respond to those situations. And again, to, you know, collaborate. And I mean, we will probably still have a sit down meeting next month to plan out more meetings or to, uh, you know, to review what the youth have suggested as meeting topics and, you know, incorporate those. But, um, it, it's nice that, you know, we still have this more um, real-time collaboration model that we can use. And that's made us a very nimble team. I mean, just we're talking to each other week in, week out, 
outside the meeting were very nimble. And the end result has been, you know, that we've been delivering, at least from the feedback I've been hearing from those parents and even some of my leaders who have um, presence in the schools in the area, the kids have just been loving it this year. So that's your that's your program, right? Yeah. Um, have you seen other sections within uh, either our, the the group or outside of the group that demonstrate the same kind of uh, well, we'll call it high level communication, but that level of communication. Mm. Well, yeah, actually, I think actually, I think really our three main sections all do it uh, very, very well. They all do it differently, but they all do it very, very well. Uh, I mean, the Cubs are definitely run um, pretty tightly, and I don't know exactly what <clears throat> method they use to, to stay in touch, but I mean, I do occasionally get CC'd on, you know, on email chains and things like that, mm-hmm. and the amount, actually, that we're able to accomplish just bouncing emails back and forth off of each other... Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> With the amount that they're able to accomplish, you know, bouncing emails back and forth with each other is again like it's really effective. Um, the scouts, again, same thing. I mean, there was a uh, there was an event. We held a linking event, um, the middle, uh, sort of in like late fall, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, can't remember the exact date now, but we held a linking event between the Beavers and the Scouts, and it actually worked out. <clears throat> that this one also was actually really, really cool. And again, a lot of communication had to go back and forth to pull this off. But basically, um, the Beavers meet on Monday night, and then the second section meets on Tuesday night. The Scouts, both of their sections, meet on Monday nights at different venues, right? So what they did is basically for the Monday night Beavers, we went to one of the Scout venues, and... They basically, you know, said, okay, look, um, if you, you know, the group that is meeting at that venue, meet at that venue, okay? Because they're at, they're at two schools, right? So the group that's meeting at this, the school where we're hosting the event, you will meet there Monday night. It's all good. The group that's meeting at the other school, if you can only make it on Monday night, go to school A instead right okay but if you can make it on tuesday night mm-hmm. and i mean they you know individually contacted each scout mm-hmm. um then come and join us at the beavers meeting place right because right. we had the tuesday night meeting place right so uh and i mean i was cc'd on basically this yeah this entire email chain that uh, went out and within the span of about four days we had you know everybody had been contacted, figured out where they were going, and it worked really, really well. I mean, we did sock pail wars, you know, like it mm-hmm. wasn't anything, uh, it, it was just meant to be like a fun, high-energy night. Yeah. Uh, and But it also gives the scouts a chance too, right? Because the beavers are there, and they get to throw socks and knock over pails, and it's fun. The scouts, meanwhile, they get to throw socks and knock over pails too. It's also fun. But they also get to practice um, a little bit of leadership, right? Because they, they're they the ones that we really let run the event, right? right. Yep. So, 
um, you know, they're the ones who kind of, okay, well, this round, here are the rules. Yeah. And then everybody goes and runs with it. And then, of course, you know, they get to play along too. Um, so it worked out really, really well. And we had the Monday night, the Tuesday night, um, different locations, interesting mix of, you know, beavers and scouts. And um, yeah, that was all like put together on the fly through emails by the sounds of it. Yeah, so, primarily through emails by the sounds of it. So I think probably the Cubs and the Scouts uh, rely still on email yeah. more. Yeah. Um, but uh, same it, idea. It works. Yeah, and definitely. Then, and then from a group perspective, again, that communication probably filters down through emails. Or, But again, yeah, the planning we're discussing is more based on the, the particular sections. Right. And, and that kind of crossover. Yeah. And again, I think the larger point is that, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of great communications technology today. Hopefully, most groups utilize it, utilize some of it at any rate. But whatever you use, you know, it has to be something that everybody, or at least that the key players, especially, you know, the people who like really will step up and be just like, okay, yes, we're going to make this happen. They have to be the, you know, they have to buy into that, right? Um, you know, my beaver leaders, we all have, there. there's a lot of buy-in on Quip. We all use it, use it effectively, it works. The Cubs, the Scouts, a lot of buy-in on email. I can send an email to just about any of the Cub leaders or the Scout leaders, and I can expect a reply. Um, <clears throat> here's some fun, here's some fun things for you to think about, though. Yeah. As your beaver leaders move into the, the, uh next sections um quip will probably come up as a discussion tool when they're uh when they're in their first leader meetings because if they see that it's a value right mm -hmm. um they are likely to uh suggest it to yeah. to the group and say hey we had really good success in real time planning meetings and that kind of thing through this program I, uh, I mean, I use it to plan this podcast and the other podcast, actually. And it's funny because one of the more regular contributors to the other podcast, um, he had his, he's got his own little project that he's working on. And it's a neat, uh, he's trying to build a, it's a Linux, uh, he works on Linux. And so he's trying to build like a, a space sim. Um, the the genre is called shmup. It's short for shoot em up. It's like, you know, those... Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen those arcade games where, like, you know, you have the overhead view and you're, like, this uh, fighter or whatever, and then it's just, like, waves of enemies coming at you, and, and you've got to, like, back side, and forth, back, back and, and forth, forth yeah, yeah, and yeah. shoot down all the waves shoot, of enemy yeah. planes coming at you. Yes. Yeah. So he's basically building one of those, targeting the Linux operating system. <clears throat> well, he recently did a small Kickstarter campaign to finance the uh, some of the artwork for the okay. game. And one of his Kickstarter rewards was that, you know, if you pledge so much, then you get access to um, the private developer channel. Ooh. Right? You know, like the you get, you know, the developer yeah. discussion channel and yeah. then design documents, anything like that. Yeah. And um, he'd been, you know, we've been using Quip to collaborate. And mm -hmm. so when he needed to roll that out, he actually just did that. He just yeah. spun up his own, like, okay, well, here's, you know, other shared folders. I don't see them. Yeah. Um, but you know, his backers are all invited into it and that's yeah. how they collaborate and contribute. So yeah, it, 
I've, I've already seen that case where, you know, like I've introduced it to people and they've really taken it and run with it. Um, and I mean, you know what, again, if it works for you, then all power to you, by all means, go ahead and use it. But, uh, it's really just the fact that, you know, and I, I mean, I guess that goes to show too, that, you know, what, whatever you're working on, although here we're talking specifically about scouting, it's just, there's a lot of different ways to enable your leadership team to collaborate with each other, not just when they're um, at a at a meeting, um, not just when they're at, you know, a monthly planning meeting, although those are definitely good to have as well, um, because it is, it actually really is, I, I don't want to sell those short too, because even now, like it's really relieving that I can, you know, look at the calendar and know, okay, I have still got like five or six meetings, like completely planned out. We know what we're doing, but we do have some backup ideas, obviously, in case we need to stretch or change, rearrange things, things on the fly. fly. Yeah. Um, you know, definitely not saying don't do those things too, especially sitting down with your leaders and planning out uh, a month or, or two months of meetings in advance. Very, very good thing to do because it really does take the pressure off. I mean, if you're trying to run a scout group planning meetings week to week, if you can achieve that, you have my respect, but I don't envy you the stress level you're probably feeling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've, I've also run like that before and it's not pleasant. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, definitely being able to lay out, you know, a month or two of plans, mm -hmm. um, and then carry that out. Also wonderful. But just that ability to, you know, reach each other on relatively short notice, you know, at, I mean, same day, couple of days. And, you know, whether you're making changes to plans or whether you're, you know, coming up with an idea or, or even just, you know, whether you're, um, sharing feedback from the meeting. That's another thing that we maintain in, in Quip, although I've seen it done, you know, like via email as well, um, is there's just one spreadsheet that's just meeting notes. Yeah. Like, hey, the, this is what is, worked and this is what didn't. Yeah. Meeting is done. This was the date of the meeting. Mm -hmm. This is what we did. Notes, you know, thing worked, thing didn't work, but you go from there. Right. Uh, and then it's, you know, and then it's there, you know, it's something that it's shared. We can go back we can review, you know, each of us individually. If it's something that we need to talk about the next time we're all together mm -hmm. doing a planning meeting, it's an option for us as well. Um, but yes. Very cool. Point is, there's no excuse not to collaborate. However you go about doing it, there's really <laughs> no excuse One for person it. should not have to do the work. Mm -hmm. That's that's a, that's a big point. It's like... If you have a leadership team, regardless of the size of the leadership team, should be uh, reasonably proportionate to the number of youth that you have participating. But um, really, no one person should be saddled with the the task of everything involving that group, because that's just a daunting task, and that's how burnout happens. Yes. <laughs> um and uh, to maintain one's sanity, I would strongly recommend 
uh, collaborating and communicating with your other leaders. Mm-hmm. And if you're the other leader and you're new to the to the group and you're just getting your feet wet, be uh, be open to, to you know that yeah. collaborating uh, method. Yep, it's uh, it it it's really. I mean, I, I've alluded to this a couple of times too, but you know, the experience of running the section last year versus running it this year. Um, very much a night and day kind of thing, you know, like last year, um, I mean, we were still, there was still a lot of collaboration that went on, um, but not nearly to this level. And, you know, like we were still doing the monthly planning meetings. Um, and I could, there were still some people that I could, you know, email and, um, we could make things happen definitely. But, um, this year has been wildly different in terms of the, level uh, and the amount of um, just general uh, back and forth that I've enjoyed with the leaders and with the other leaders. And it, it really has, I mean, you know, not that I don't want to make it sound like last year's um, efforts were, you know, a solo effort because they weren't, they definitely weren't, but the level to which we were collaborating as a leadership team last year. I mean, it was a different, it was a bit of a different mix of leaders, but the level to which we were collaborating last year versus or last scouting season versus the level to which we're collaborating this scouting season is, you know, very, very different. There's a lot more that happens this time around and it has, um, it has made itself felt. It really has. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's a huge confidence boost because, you know, I, like you say, you know, within the succession, you just, you, you know, it'll be okay, right? Like you get called away for a weekend or for a week or, you know, something happens to you, you get sick and you lose your voice. Um, it'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and there's just, there's this wonderful sense of, of, of confidence that comes with that, um. Hope I, I mean I hope for for all the leaders that certainly seems to be the case like they just step right up and make things happen and that's wonderful to see so you know if you want to run an excellent scouting program I mean there's a lot of things you have to do but definitely um, would encourage without any hesitation make sure that your leaders are talking are communicating are able to, to bounce ideas off each other effectively um, because it really does make a huge difference. And it'll show, you know, in the impact that the program has on the kids. The kids will, they will notice. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I really can't put any more on. <laughs> More of a spin on uh, it than that. I I think you've uh, I think you've bookended that uh, topic quite nicely. Yes, indeed. It, although it is rather interesting because I um I was thinking I've been thinking about this while you've been talking about communication and and whatnot and where you got your idea for for this week's podcast and um that that whole uh, element of things and uh, I was thinking uh so BSA called it what a scouter's minute. <clears throat> 
Scoutmaster's Minute. Minute. Yeah. And, Which, that, and that was a, a, a personal, ref- <laughs> or like a, a kind of a reflection of the... Is that, well, is that kind of like, would that be considered our Scouters 5, I wonder? Because that is also um, kind of used as a quiet, reflective moment for the group. So I'm just wondering, you know... Yeah, there's probably some overlap there. I'm, yeah. I'm thinking that, that those, are the, those are the two terms, but maybe that's something to throw at Brian. Or mm. if there's any listeners that are listening right now and would know the answer and would care to uh, fill us in by using the various methods that Ken will announce right now. <laughs> yes, we'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> um, and actually, yes, I'll, uh, I'll make a note to include um, a link to material about Scouters 5 yeah. um, in the show notes, which may actually wind up being... Yeah, I, I'm... I don't have that in my head at the moment, but it might actually wind up being the equivalent. Um, and, you know, it, it's funny because, I mean, the Scoutmaster's Minute is really focused on, and, and Scouters 5, is really focused on, you know, a very different thing than um, what we all just talked about. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, was <laughs> just, it was just a thought of mine as we were talking. I, I didn't no, mean you to might be derail... Right derail yeah. the conversation more so just add that to our list of uh potential podcast topics yeah that'll that'll wind up <laughs> going on the list definitely so um all right well so you can yes uh and we thank you for your feedback and people have been sending that and that's great so you can shoot us an email at scouting stuff podcast at gmail.com um if that doesn't work for you, or if you prefer, uh, we are also available um, at SSYSK Podcast on Twitter or uh, Facebook.com slash Scouting Stuff Podcast. Uh, well, of course, ScoutingStuffPodcast.com, that's, uh, that, that's the website. Um, and there, there will be links to at least the Twitter and the Facebook, and also, of course, to uh, us on the iTunes store, where... Um, Whereat, you know, please uh, consider leaving us a review and more importantly, consider uh, subscribing because for whatever reason, it seems to be the case that subscribership is how iTunes really goes about ranking their podcasts. So there is that. Um, Anyways, until next time, be prepared.